really need to tell better stories instead of complaining about it, right? What if we right. just start telling the stories and really flood the airwaves with something different? Hey, welcome to episode 35 in the podcast. Uh, and today I want to talk a little bit about loneliness, trust, and having BFFs in ministry. It was Sunday afternoon and we had started our soft launch for the church plant. And we just got home and finished unloading our cars with all of the equipment that we used for worship at the YMCA. And shortly after that, my treasurer and her husband stopped by to drop something off. And she said to me, did you hear about our former church? We had a, a sponsoring church that we came from to plant the church. She was referencing that. And that morning they had announced that they had discovered their treasurer had been embezzling money from the church for years. Uh, I could still see where we were standing in my living room and the shock of the betrayal, the broken trust. And someone, I, I heard not too long ago, someone was talking about trust and they said trust is really about consistency. So lack of trust is that... Uh, People are inconsistent in their actions. And so when we have an encounter with them, we don't know if, uh, if we can trust them to do one thing or trust them to do a different thing. And that lack of trust makes it difficult to be authentic and vulnerable in ministry. And it's the inability to trust that really causes us to be careful about the friendships that we have, the friendships that we make, the people that we are willing to be authentic and vulnerable with. And that eventually is what leads to loneliness. I had a friend, that it wasn't another pastor, it was a lay person who, and we were just having a regular conversation about some different things and talking about how we felt about these things, our opinions, perspectives we held. The conversation was in this vein of, we're just throwing stuff out. We were musing. And later that person who I considered a friend went to uh, one of the other pastors and used that conversation to drive a wedge between the two of us. Um, and, and those are the kind of experiences that we have in ministry that cause us to lose trust and really ask the question, is it even possible to have friends in ministry, let alone good friends, let alone close friends, right? Al Pacino in The Godfather said, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Although I think he was quoting Sun Tzu, who said it first. Now, I, I tend to have the personality that I have a few close friends, and that's, that's really it. And I, I know a lot of people. But I really only have a few close friends. However, I think if we were honest with ourselves, we, really, we all have a small circle of friends. You, you can't have more than three, uh, two or three close friends in your lifetime. 
Um, Brene Brown in her book Dare to Lead talks about the square squad and so if you if you haven't read Dare to Lead yet and you're a leader I highly recommend it I've read through it a couple of times Um, it's on my yearly my annual read so to read through it once a year and it has really helped me with this idea of authenticity and vulnerability because there does seem to be a line between being authentic being vulnerable, and then oversharing. And she uses the idea of a square squad, and she has you take a one inch by one inch square, and she says, now I want you to write the names of the people whose opinions of you matter in that square. So obviously it's small for a reason. You can write pretty small, but I don't care how small you write, you're probably not going to get more than about four or five names in that list. And if you take the time to really think about who is in that list, uh, those really are your close friends. Those are the ones that ultimately we can trust. And, you know, it's not, they're not yes people. That's as Brene Brown puts it, right? These are people who you can have honest dialogue with uh, that can say, you know, you weren't really being very authentic, or maybe that wasn't your best self in that moment. And you can receive it, doesn't mean you still might still may be um, irritated or hurt or sad that they said it to you, but they can say it to you because of the relationship that you have. When I did, when I read through this book and did the exercise, one of the names I put in my square squad was my husband, which is, you know, that's a good sign that I have my husband in my square squad. Not everybody who reads that book will have their spouse in their square squad, which If your spouse is not in that square squad, you probably need to get a counselor or takes a good look at your relationship. So I have, my husband is one of the names in my square. And a couple weeks ago, he and I had just a huge argument about, I don't know, it it was stupid. I mean, it was silly and trite. And the next day, I wasn't laughing about it. But I remember thinking I felt relieved because we could say what we said to one another and we could trust that the other person would still be there. They still, the next morning, we're still there. We're still having conversation. Uh, and part of, the, part of the argument was just being in the middle of a pandemic and being under stress. And at some point, you need to yell at someone or something or you're going to explode. And so we were safe people to do that. He was my safe person. I was his safe person. And we needed to do that to somehow relieve the stress. And this this episode came about because I was asking some other women clergy, what kind of things do you want to hear on the podcast? And they asked the question, can you have a best friend in ministry? Can you have close friends? Can it, can it be someone that's in your congregation or do we have to really, do we have to all of a sudden find ourselves couching our words, uh, being careful about who we share, who we share with, what we share with people? Brittany Brown says in that same book, uh, on page 20, I'm quoting, she says, if you're not in the arena getting your butt kicked on occasion, then I'm not interested in or open to your feedback. And I think when we're, when you're in ministry, really, if you're when you're in leadership, we do have to be careful because 
everyone wants to give us an opinion about everything. And oftentimes, the people who are giving us opinions, um, the people who, people who are giving us advice, uh, they're not in the arena doing it right alongside us. And so I think if you're in ministry, at least for me, I found that early on in ministry, I found that I lost friends. And I, I lost them for different reasons. One was just a train, change of status. I My first assignment was also the place where I had been a layperson for many years. And so when I became a pastor and was on staff there, the relationship, the dynamics of our relationships with some of my friends changed because my status had changed. And it was difficult. It was disappointing. And it maybe even felt a little betrayal until I worked through it and realized, you know, they couldn't, we couldn't maintain the, the same friendship and the same relationship that we had because of the change of leadership. I could either be a really good friend or I could be a really good pastor, but I couldn't be both in that situation. But then I also lost, um, in that same season when I became a pastor, lost a couple of other friendships for different reasons. And, and I realized in one of, with one of the friendships that the person just couldn't reciprocate anymore, that they were going through so much stuff in their own lives and they were trying to process that for their own sake and their own well-being, they needed to pull back from all of their friendships. And so that friendship really dissolved in the midst of what it was. It dissolved. It became something completely different because they couldn't reciprocate. Eventually, I had to accept the fact that this relationship was going to look different. It wasn't going to be the same. Uh, And so as we move through ministry, we're going to find that some of our relationships, they just can't be what they used to be. They can't be what they used to be because of the status we now hold as a leader. Uh, They can't be what they used to be because that person's just not able to reciprocate right now. And then sometimes... Um, they can't, we can't continue that relationship because it's not healthy for us. And I know as pastors, right, we want to, we want to save everybody. Otherwise we wouldn't be in ministry. And we had a friendship. My husband and I had a friendship with another couple that completely dissolved and came unraveled. They were going through their own stuff. And, And I remember thinking, you know, well, shouldn't we, shouldn't we help them through this? But as, as time went on and I watched that relationship, I realized that that relationship would have dra- dragged us down with them. We would have, we would have been dragged down with them uh, and that God knew that it wasn't healthy for us. And so he dissolved that friendship so that they could do their thing and we could do our thing. Um, now they're not married anymore, um, but my husband and I, through that whole process, really leaned into one another and sh- and strengthened our relationship. So can, here's my suggestions for those of you who are in this place. Well, my first suggestion is get Brene Brown's book, Dare to Lead, and read it. Even if you have friends in ministry, I think you still need to, to read it because we do need to find ways to be authentic, um, especially with our congregation. Uh, we, we don't want to stand up there and pretend that we have it all together, that we have all of the answers. And I know that there's been a season in the church where that has been the way that you pastor. You have all of the answers. Your household is in order. Um, not that you're 
perfect, but yeah, you look perfect. I think that we are in a season now, both in the church and in our culture, where that doesn't work. We recognize it doesn't work and that we need to be authentic. We can be both holy and authentic. So here's here's some of my suggestions, or I don't know how to title this, but your friends in ministry are not always who you expect. So I was in a, it was a time in ministry where I was really struggling and just wanted to quit. And this person actually was in my congregation who saw that I was struggling, struggling and, and invited me out for coffee. And this person also happened to be a counselor as well. And she said, you know, how about I buy you coffee once a week for the next few weeks? And she just allowed me to be authentic and vulnerable um, as a friend, but under the auspices of her title of counselor. And she became uh, a friend and a safe place for me in, in a season of ministry that I really needed. Um, and so sometimes the people who are going to be your friends in ministry aren't the ones that you expect. I think that the ones who are going to be your friends in ministry are probably not going to come from your congregation. I mean, you can be friends and you can be authentic and vulnerable with them, but you're probably not going to have someone in your congregation that you're really close with. Um, It's not always going to be the people that you serve with uh, on staff. If you're a staff on staff or if you're a lead pastor with staff, it's probably not always going to be your staff, but sometimes it is. And I have had... I've had staff who I really consider to be close friends. And then those who are friends, but I know that there's just things I can't share with them. And then I, I recommend what has helped me the most is finding another pastor who is outside of my, either my district, my denomination, uh, my immediate circle of influence. And so I have a couple of friends who are in another state. I have an, another friend who lives in the same state as me, but it's in a different denomination. And those have become those have become the ones that I can really confide in. And then I think we need to consider sometimes what we really might need is either a mentor, a coach, a spiritual director, or a counselor. So sometimes, sometimes we have to ask ourselves and spend some time with the Lord praying about is, this this void that needs to be filled, is that really something that would be better handled by a counselor or a spiritual director? Um, is it something that maybe a coach or a mentor could help us with? But it is true that ministry is lonely. Some of it has to do with the demands. Some of it has to do with the way it is structured here. But I look I look across time. And space, and even if we read through the Gospels, we see that Jesus would go off to lonely places. That there is an element of being a servant leader that brings loneliness with it. But it doesn't have to be permanent, and it doesn't have to be um, an overshadowing throughout all of our ministry. I think there'll be that we can be intentional so that we find um, that we have relationships, we foster friendships that. Uh, will break up those lonely seasons of ministry. And I've only, I'm, sometimes maybe I'm not the best person to, to really speak into the, I think I'm not the best person to speak into this. I, I know that there are other pastors who 
have had experienced greater senses of betrayal, uh, loneliness, who have found ways to who have found ways to connect with others and form deep, deep friendships. Most of us will only experience a handful of those in our lifetime. And so because those friendships are so rare, it is tempting to just say, forget it. It is tempting to say it's not worth the challenge, the struggle, the energy, the effort it requires to have those kind of friendships. It's easier to to sit alone in our office or at home and drink coffee and tell ourselves over and over that everybody hates us and we're all alone (laughs) instead of putting in the effort to build those friendships. And that means you're going to have to take a chance. You're going to have to trust someone long enough to see if they're trustworthy, to see if they will be consistent in their friendship and to see if they'll be reciprocal in the relationship or the friendship. But I think it's worth the risk. I'm finding that it's worth the risk. The friends that I have in ministry, the pastors that I am able to trust, I'm finding that it's worth it when they do something or say something that is hurtful. And then we are reminded that we do things and say things that are equally as hurtful. The friendship, just like marriage, requires you to say, I'm sorry, you were right, please forgive me. So I want to encourage you, maybe even this week, to text that friend and ask them for coffee and keep working on the relationship and keep trusting them until they give you reason not to. 